Salvation is the greatest. We know the drama from contestants. And to know the team, idol nations, what you All right, everyone. This is a very exciting episode. We have an incredibly exciting guest. I'm Lauren. And I'm Oliver Steele. And this is Idol. Idol Nation. This is a very, very exciting moment for all of the fans out there. Um, so Oliver, how has your life been since when did you well, when did you actually audition for American Idol? I auditioned for oh, that's actually so so do you mean like judge audition or like audition audition because you know the process is slightly complicated well actually i need to backtrack and do this the traditional podcast way by saying thanks so much for coming on the podcast today oliver <laughs> it's no problem at all it's no problem at all. i'm a fan and for everyone out there who might not recognize this voice Oliver was a season 21 top eight finalist of American Idol and a singer-songwriter who loves to cook and play video games and is also a huge nerd. So what we, re- what we really want to get into today are the types of foods you enjoy cooking and the video games you like playing. It's actually not about American Idol. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> that one did not land very well. So when did you do your original audition? Not with the judges. So the... Pr- the the process of the auditions i want to say started probably like as early as 2022 um one of my friends had a friend who was a scout and they were searching for male vocalists and he gave them my name and then from there someone called me and was like hey we want you to audition and I like went through this process of sending them some of my stuff and then like sending them a couple covers. And then it was just kind of a waiting game. They're like, great, let me get back to you. And then I would get an occasional text. It's like, Hey, um, the producers are looking at you. And then eventually it was like, Hey, they want you to do a zoom call audition. And during that audition, I sang two songs and then the executive just goes, great. We want you to audition in front of the judges. And I'm like, Oh, okay cool like it was kind of like just a long waiting game because i actually didn't get the confirmation for the judges until september yeah september and then they flew you to la from tennessee no so i um my my audition was in nashville which i live just outside the city i drove literally 20 minutes to a hotel that like I could have just stayed at my house, but like for reasons of like being on time and stuff, they you have to stay in the hotel. So well, I probably wouldn't hate that anyways. Um, did you okay, so were you a longtime idol fan before this, or did it just kind of come up? Um, I mean, I watched it when I was younger and then I auditioned for it like four times. Um and eventually I just kind of stopped watching. I, I would like see clips here and there. Like I knew who Alejandro was based mm-hmm. on like watching clips on YouTube. And like I knew who like um like Maddie was. And a couple of my friends are actually idol alumni as well. Like I'm really good friends with Walker Burroughs. He's like a dear oh, friend nice. of mine. But um I I wouldn't say that I was a diehard fan. Like it was just sort of a an opportunity that came my way and I was like, I'm gonna take this opportunity. <laughs> That's awesome. And you, so you're a singer-songwriter. I did go listen to Too Soon on Spotify. 
to hear what it sounded like from the studio. So is it difficult to like promote your own music? Like I have a few friends that are in bands, but I don't know what it's like to be like a solo artist. Like how did you even find people to play the other instruments for your song? What's that process like? Um, well, I work with a group in Nashville called Pitch Meeting and they're a nonprofit organization that basically finds artists in the area and gives them a place to make their vision come to life without all the like, oh, you need to sign this contract. Oh, you need to like look like this or make music like this. It's basically just music done the right way for the right reasons. And these people are also some of the best musicians in the world. Like I, these are dear friends of mine. Um, shout out to Eric Fortaleza and uh, Mike Gannon, who Eric played bass on it. Mike produced it. And uh, also my buddy Dan, um, my buddy Josh Blaylock as well, who actually Josh is the reason I'm on Idol. He was the one that submitted my name. So um, I just a lot of it is networking. Like when you're in a musician, when you're a musician, you got to be in the community. And I go to like jams all the time in downtown. I go to like R&B soul jams and I've hosted a couple of them. Um, and these jams in Nashville, it's like these people playing at these jams are the best of the best. Like you really don't know who's going to come to the door. Like we've had like Corey Wong as the house guitar player. We've had like Leon Bridges come in. Oh my gosh. A couple, like you never know. Like I met the lead singer of Cage the Elephant there and like you never know who's going to come through the door. So Nashville is an incredible uh, city for music. And it's like, you know, one of the things is like, oh, people are like, it's hard to make money. But if you want to make connections and you want to make music, it's awesome. Yeah, I was looking into your Instagram a little bit and saw that you played at Bonnaroo. Yeah, so um, Pitch Meeting uh, does a non, they're a nonprofit. And so yeah. they got to play on the nonprofit stage last year and they, uh, asked me to come with them and I did and it was my first time going to a big festival like that and actually I'm excited to say that they have once again asked me to come with them to Bonnaroo this year oh my um, gosh. So if you go to Bonnaroo you can see me on the nonprofit stage this year <laughs> yeah I used to go to Bonnaroo all the time back in my heyday I think is Tyler Childers on the lineup or someone's on the lineup that I everyone really who's ever about. done anything ever is on the lineup this year the lineup for Bonner this year is absolutely insane, and I've never been more excited for any concert ever. Like, it's incredible. Are you going to camp? Um, I don't know. That's maybe. I don't know. We didn't do that last year, and it was extremely hot, but who knows? Yeah, it is so hot. Yeah, Tyler Childers is going to be there in my morning jacket. This is going to be really good. Pretty sure Foo Fighters, Kendrick, My Morning Jacket, Paramore, uh, Fleet Foxes. I'm sure there's like everyone that I've ever loved is going to be on that line. <laughs> the Revivalist. Okay, but yep. this, the people came to hear about American Idol. Tune in mm -hmm. next week when Oliver and I will talk about Bonnaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, actually, you should come back after Bonnaroo and tell us about your experience if you're interested. Oh, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Have you heard one more quick thing about Bonnaroo? Have you heard of the band Blind Pilot? Blind Pilot? Yeah, they have this song I really like called, I think it's called Oviendo. It's like one of my favorite songs to listen to. I love Blind Pilot. They actually have yeah. a couple songs I like. Pain or Pollen is my favorite song. And I saw them a few times. I saw them like opening, they were playing at a Dave Matthews Festival. And then I saw them in Orlando at the social. And aw, Oliver's cat has made an appearance. <laughs> and I was volunteering at Bonnaroo and they were playing on the small stage, which might be the nonprofit stage. Um, mm -hmm. And I went backstage because I was volunteering and I asked them to play the song and they ended up doing like, a sh like I don't know, and I guess it's all acoustic, but a little performance for me behind the stage since I missed their big set. 
Oh, um, that's so sweet. I know. So <laughs> there's my story from Bonnaroo. Um, okay, but back to you. This is your time to shine. And I'm going to switch <laughs> it back to American Idol. Oh, wait, who would you say are your musical influences? Who inspired so, you? I can actually name them to you, the top four that have really influenced me. And so, and this is in no particular order, but it's it's Jack Johnson, John Mayer, Ed Sheeran, and then my dad. Those are like the four biggest influences on me for sure. Wow. And it's so crazy that you actually got to meet Ed Sheeran and sing yeah. a Jack Johnson song. Yeah, no, Ed, first of all, getting to sing that song in, in Hawaii was um, amazing. It was incredible. It was the happiest I've felt in the competition. Um, okay. And meeting Ed was just, man, he's just so down to earth and so humble. Shout out to Ed for winning his lawsuit case. That's such a <laughs> landmark case, like so important for us as songwriters. And he is just so kind, gave me some wonderful advice and just was just the coolest guy. Just so sweet. Well, one of my questions was who was your favorite judge? And it can be like the substitute judges and the more traditional judges. Um. I am this might be a slightly biased answer. I love okay. I love I love Alanis because she really helped me approach my song choice from a different perspective and she's so in touch with just like the energy of a song and the natural feeling of a song and taking into into account like emotions. Like she just really comes at it from a different perspective that I really appreciated. And obviously I love Ed. I mean I I've listened to Ed for so long. First song I ever learned was an Ed song on guitar. First poster I ever had on my wall was an Ed poster. First Aww. guitar pedal I ever bought was a loop station because I wanted to be like Ed. So having his feedback was just incredible. Um, but out of the three normal judges, I think I love Lionel because he talks to Pete, talks to us. Like he'll talk to us in between takes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like I just feel like I have a special connection with Katie because Katie like was push me as far as she could throughout the competition. Like she would just kind of like just absolutely look into my soul and be like, this is who you are and this is what you can achieve. You know, like the things that she said to me in Malibu were just, man, they were so incredible and they stayed with me. Um, I just really, really like Katie. Yeah. I was going to ask if there was like one piece of advice that you heard from the judges that like stuck with you the most. Um, Katie said to me in Malibu, she said, you've been looking up your whole life. You've been looking up at your friends, your, uh, your father, your peers. Um, sorry, okay. your, uh, your heroes. And she said, you don't need to look up anymore. You don't need anyone's approval. She said, you are your own hero. It's time for you to look outward because you're your own hero. And that has stuck with me ever since she said that to me. Yeah. I rewatched all of your um, songs today to like prepare for this. And I watched that and I was just like bawling. I feel like your performances aren't ones that people should look at at work or like in between meetings because there's just going to be a lot of tear play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. So I have some questions about your experience. You mentioned your favorite judge. Who was your favorite mentor? Oh, um, you know, oh, that's such a hard question. I'm going to say Alan. I love Alan Stone. I'm a big Alan Stone fan, and getting to meet him was so incredible. And he is, like, 
so his energy is so positive and uplifting and like the fact that i got to sing with him on camera was just incredible i love alan so much yeah i thought we were gonna go through like every song that you did and then i was gonna tell you my feelings about each one but i forgot how many performances you had so I'm like we will not be able to cover all of this but i mean we, we could let's see week one duets showstopper then we had hawaii then we had but you had a hollywood week before duets right yeah, was, that was week one. That's oh, like, that's what it's called. Or, it's called or week day one. one. Or I just call it week one. So day one, duets, showstopper, um, Hawaii. And then we came back. Did we do? I think it was top 20. Yeah, we had top 20, which I don't remember what I did. You did um, <laughs> too soon. Oh, yeah, that one. That was my least favorite performance of the whole season. Um. Yeah, we had that one. And then we had um, Still the One. After that, uh -huh. we had uh, George on My Mind. Mm -hmm. I'm like sitting here counting. And then we had, so, same one, Duet, Showstopper, Hawaii, um, Too Soon, Still the One, George on My Mind, Radiohead. And then we had, so like nine or no, to 10 if you include the duet yeah i think yeah my mom's actually sitting back here oh <laughs> she Hello. can't she can't hear you but I right, live are we good now do we have better better signal at this point yeah okay um, cool sorry about that no it's okay so we just went through all of your performances i'm not gonna tell you my opinions on each one but i do want to say like a few quick things that i noticed if you sure. want to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for your first one, Change the World, obviously that was a tearjerker. It wasn't the song you were originally going to go in and play. You were going to play, like, um, something that had a violin. Is it, what, what were you going to play? I, no, I played in my life, but they didn't show the full performance. They showed, like, some of it. And then they had me, they showed me doing Change the World, which was the second song that I performed. Oh, wow. So like, if you go back and watch know. it, if you go back and watch it on Hulu, if you actually watch the full episode, you see me singing In My Life by the Beatles first. Oh, yeah. But then they overlaid it with a conversation between me and my dad. And then, you know, when they uploaded the clip of my audition to YouTube, they didn't include it in my life, which I was like, why would they do that? But I whatever. did actually watch every single episode, um, mm -hmm. but I had to just rewatch the YouTube one. So I didn't hear that. But I feel like what you were, I feel like you also mentioned a different song and it had a violin in it because you brought up that you wanted to play a violin and your dad said that would be a bad idea. And then Lionel said he was a smart man. Yeah, no. I yeah no I just meant that was in relation to my comment about uh Charlie Daniels because he's okay. from my hometown that he lived in my hometown and okay. I just said he made me want to play violin when I was a kid but oh, it wasn't okay, in relation okay. to another song. Okay, I thought you sung a Charlie Daniels song. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm gonna have to edit some of this out so I sound educated. Um, <laughs> You're good. Okay, so obviously that was like one of the most tearful experiences for the viewer like it was like one of the most tear-wrenching um for happy and sad reasons auditions that we saw um 
I just, I don't know. First, thank you for being so vulnerable and allowing like everyone out here to connect with you on that level. Um, and then also, I just felt like your dad must have felt so proud singing Lionel, seeing Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and Luke singing like back up for you. That must have been like such a special moment for all of you. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was very special. It was very like emotional. It was tear jerking. It definitely just like, it's a once in a lifetime experience, honestly. It was, it was very, very impactful in the moment. Um, I don't think I've even still fully processed that today. It's so crazy. <laughs> Which is weird because we've been through so much since then. So, and like when you were, I just thought it was also cool that your dad like looked at the judges and like told them to sing with you. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. My dad is a hype man. Like he's like my biggest fan and he'll hype me up to anybody that he can. So, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that he did that. Well, I appreciated it. Um, other notes. So I liked how you walked into meeting Alan Stone playing, like strumming your guitar for his song. I thought that was pretty badass. <laughs> so that was, um, I was actually standing by waiting for, for them to be ready. And I started playing, I think it was like, um, Sunny Days, which is another Alan song. And his, he and his whole team stopped and like looked over and were like, Hey, and one of the producers came up and they're like, Hey, you like can you walk into the shot playing one of his songs like do you know unaware and i was like of course i know unaware so i did it like i was like i'll just walk into the shot playing his song it and was it a worked. bold move it yeah it was bold but like I, I honestly was just confident and happy i was just like this man gets to see like the impact that he's made on me because it was nice because you know i talked a lot about how much of an impact jack has had on me um, but over the last few years, like ever since I got out of high school, I've been listening to Alan a lot. And Alan has kind of helped me come into my voice a little bit more and into my guitar playing. You know, he kind of he kind of introduced me to like R&B and soul. So getting to do that was just really, really fun. It was awesome. Yeah, all of the mentors seem like genuinely um, just like super intentional and really excited for y'all, especially Alanis. Like, I think that she provided like the best feedback and truly, she was, she actually said in your performance, she was like, I barely know you, but I'm proud of you. And I just thought that was amazing. Cause like, I feel like she's so intentional with all of her words and she wanted, I don't know. I felt yeah. moved. Yeah. Alanis tugged on my heartstrings a little bit with that because truth be told, like, I don't, I don't listen to a ton of her music not because I don't like her but just because I didn't grow up with that like I was born in 97 so I was born kind of at like the I don't want to say the end but like towards the the towards the tail end of like her rise and spike you know what I mean like she dominated the 90s so um I was definitely intimidated though like when I knew that I was going to meet her and have a session with her because like I respect her so much I mean mm -hmm. the impact that she had not just on on music but for women in music and for women in general like so many, so many women in my life, a lot of my aunts were freaking out and messaging me. Like, they're like, you don't know how much, how much she means to me. And I'm just like, I'm, I can, I can gauge how much she means to you. But when she said that to me, I don't know. Like, I was just like, I felt very honored and it made me a little emotional. I was like, wow, like for her to say, like, I'm proud of you, you know, for, for reaching a different point and coming from a different point to perform that song because that that's like one of her biggest hits if not her biggest hit and it was kind of scary yeah. so when she said like i'm proud of you i was just like 
oh man, it feels like all the hard work putting this really paid off. So how much time do you get like between selecting a song and then actually performing? I mean, I'm not sure how I can, I'll say this. Like we get emails and it's like, hey, please, please pick song. So for that one, because it's a themed one, it's like, please pick three songs off this list in order of preference and turn them in by tomorrow at the end of the day. I saw the list and I was like, oh crap, these are all Alanis Morissette songs. And I immediately picked You Ought to Know. And I think my second choice was like ironic. And then my third choice was like Man in My Pocket or something like that. So yeah. And then I, you, I immediately. Uh, and then how long do you get to practice with the band? I mean, we, so we, what we do is we, we have like vocal coaching sessions and we go over like an arrangement and like for me like obviously we had to make some pretty clear cut changes because some of those lyrics are not uh not exactly family friendly yeah. so we had changes um we do that like every day like we go over arrangements and finalize it and then it has to be approved and then i think we get like a couple days with the band to go over staging and also just arrangements and rehearsal to make any notes, make sure everything is right in our mix because we have in-ears and it's like we have to make sure all the mix is good. So we get a couple of days before the performance with the band. Wow, that sounds intense though. It's definitely intense. It's, you know, it's it's a lot of work behind the scenes. Like people, people don't really know because we're not there, but like we're on the lot like every day rehearsing and practicing and doing digital and things like that, so. How's the food situation? Do you get free food? uh well i mean yeah they feed us like we get <laughs> breakfast every day so like you know it's fine all right you hear and that they'll, they'll just be like who want what do you guys want to eat everyone out there who's thinking about auditioning for american idol you do get free food it's been confirmed <laughs> um okay so i what else do i have here i feel like as i was taking notes today i have a thought i had a thousand different questions but i need to like try to keep it concise um so I think you have to touch a little bit on your best friendship with Ian. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ian is like my little brother, really. You know, he, um, when we met in Hollywood Week, we bonded over this song called Island Style because we both knew it. I know it because of Jack Johnson because I listened to his live album and he did it with John Cruz and I think Jackson Brown. And I love that version. And so I was singing it in the holy room and Ian was like, oh, you know that song? And he started singing it with me and we just started harmonizing. And then um, the funny thing is, is I actually had already had a duet partner picked out. I, I became really close with McKinley Brown and her family at the Nashville auditions. And she's like a little sister to me. We were supposed to be duet partners, but when it came time to pick partners, I looked over and she was already talking to someone and I thought she had already chosen her partner. So then I looked around the room and I found him and he looked at me and I looked at him and I came over to talk to him and I was like, bro, like you want to do this? And he was just like, you know what? Like, let's do it. And like dapped me up and we chose to be partners together. And the, it was only, um, truth be told, it was only after our performance that I discovered um, more info about him and his dad because you have to remember at this point we none of us none of us get to see each other's auditions when we're filming hollywood week like the auditions don't get aired until what was it february when they started airing them so like 
I didn't know all that info about Edom until he told me afterwards. And I think like I said something else. I'm so glad I worded it the way I did. Cause I was like, I'm sure if your dad were here, he would, um, I said something else. I'm sure if your dad were here, he would say the same to you. They didn't air this, but what I didn't know, I didn't know that his father had passed away. Um, so, but we just, we had so much in common. I mean, his dad raised him in music. My dad raised me in music. And it honestly, the weird, unfortunate part is it goes further because when EM's dad passed away, like he was on dialysis and now my dad is on dialysis and EM has gotten helping me. He's helped me get through that. And he's, he'll call my dad and talk to him on the phone and stuff, like just to chat with him. And he's become part of our family. Like he's really is like my little brother. Oh, I love that. Also just like, he also just like never can never be serious for more than five minutes. Like he's always drinking around. He's always cracking jokes or being silly. Like it's, I love him so much. He's funny. Yeah. When you mentioned that he was like calling your dad and talking to him for two hours, I thought that was really sweet. Like I feel like people don't even remember how to talk on the phone anymore. So that alone is like a feat. But I'm he, so would you? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you go. I was going to say, he told me, like, he's like, I don't really like to talk on the phone, but I love talking to your dad. Is what he said. I love that. So would you say he, oh, no, I'm afraid yeah, that you're present. Home. Whoa. Okay. Oh. All right. Uh, we took a little break because of technical difficulties on my end, and now we're back. Yes. Hello. Hi. And Oliver, Ollie, as it says on Zoom. Mm -hmm. is about to give us a little nitty-gritty but still perfectly okay to share insight about what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, so a lot of people like, Whoa. they're like, oh, the show is good. What, what happened? Are we good? Sorry, something crazy just happened. Okay, okay, it sounds good now. Um, A lot of people think that the show is scripted, and I'm here to tell you that it's really not as scripted as you think. Like, these situations, so like the situation with Fire at the duet round when their partner ran out on them, that was not scripted at all. It lasted longer than what you saw on camera. Like Katie was pleading with them to stay, begging them to stay. And it just happened in that moment and none of us knew it was going to happen. And when that part, when, when Fire's partner ran out, like we were all left in shock. Like the judges went silent. We went silent. You could hear a pin drop in the room. And Katie was just left sitting there with her mouth open at what she had just witnessed. Like, none of that was planned. None of that was preordained. None of that was scripted. Everybody makes these claims all the time, and it's just not true. Like, the stuff that you see happen during Hollywood Week like that, it's real, and it's happening because what they're doing in Hollywood Week is, like, who can handle this level of stress? And yeah. you'll, you'll see people not be able to handle it, and you'll see situations like that, and they're going to get that on camera. So it's less that they're it's less that they're scripting situations, and more so that they're testing us. It's like it's like this stuff that's going to happen in your career. Like, can you handle this? And they're basically setting up these situations that they know some people will handle and some people won't. That's just part of the game. That does sound very intense. So Jaina, I believe, is the one who stepped up to to sing with Fire, right? Yeah, Jaina is a sweetheart, and what an incredible voice she has. Yeah, I, like, she also, like, is the first one to jump up to support Aiden, too. So I feel like she's this angel that we didn't really get a lot of screen time for. Yeah, I'm really shocked when Jaina didn't make it to the top 26. I really wanted her to go through, but, you know, the judges make their decisions. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, but I have a thought about your last performance. Um 
Mm-hmm. Can you give insight on like why you decided to take that different route and like choose a more aggressive, angry song? You gave a little bit of insight on the episode, but in case someone needs more background. They tell us not to get caught up in the comments. I'm going to be real with you. It's really hard not to. Like, I'm very self-critical. So I'm like, I wonder what people are thinking. And I just got real fed up with people being like, oh, Oliver's sleepy. Oliver's boring. Oliver's this, this, and that. And I was like, you know what? You want loud, then I'm going to give it to you. I was like, you know, but, and, and the more I think about it now, like, I'm happy I did that. But looking back, like, I wouldn't change anything that I did because I grew up, I said this to my friend Clark Beckham the other day, who is an idol alumni. And I said, I said, I grew up on singer songwriter genre of music. I grew up on Jack Johnson. I grew up on Ingrid Michaelson. I grew up on that acoustic singer songwriter, Ed Sheeran type thing. People saw my audition. They cut out the clip on YouTube where I did the in my life that people didn't get to see all that. And they saw the Eric Clapton choice, which was kind of a tribute to my dad. And they heard me do the growly belty thing. And they go, I want that every single time. That's all that people expected of me, but I am more than just a vocal technique. I'm an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. At, At the end of the day, I'm an artist and I didn't come on the show to change my life i mean i came on the show to represent who i am as an artist you know what i mean like the title is cool but that was never it was never about the title for me it was about coming on the show and representing who i am to america um and i feel like i did that and if people if people resonate with it and they like it fantastic i mean it carried me to the top eight it really did and it's not my fault that people are like I want loud and energy all the time. Like, you know what? That's not how I grew up. I didn't grow up with that type of music. I didn't grow up with that vibe. I like a build and I like for things to have a natural build in songs. And and I like dynamics. And if America doesn't want to vote for that, then they don't want to vote for that. That's not my problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So going into it, I just, I really did that to prove a point. I was like, if you guys think I can't have energy, you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really cool performance. And I do think you show a lot of range. Like all the songs that you picked, they weren't all like sleepy, I'm doing air quotes, um, singer, songwriter songs. Like you had a lot of power in your voice. Like it didn't, I don't know, that those comments like kind of shocked me. Um, but for your last performance, it pissed me off that they put you last. Like if you were say by the judges the week before, you would think that you would be a little bit earlier in the show. Some people don't even like some people are doing DVR. So they might have like one second to vote and they didn't get to see your big loud performance. They didn't get to see the bald head reveal. Like I feel like it was a terrible choice. I have gotten a lot of responses about the voting situation and the performance placement. Truth be told, from what I understand, according to Clark, the final spot is usually the best spot. I don't know if that's true or not. I've gotten a lot of complaints from people about I wasn't able to vote for you, voting shut down while you're performing, ETC. I don't know if any of that's true. Um, what I will say is the result is what it is. Yeah. I'm happy to have made it this far, and I'm happy to support my little brother EM going forward. Yeah, well, you definitely have a ton of new followers now, including me and obviously my friend April, who's in love with you. Um, so, <laughs> hello, April. Hey, April. You, you said your name. Um, are <laughs> you going to be going on tour anytime soon? I don't really have an answer to that question. Um, I still have obligations to the show. I have obligations 
for the finale of the show. That's all that I can say. Okay. I'm going to use AI to say more, but thank you for giving me that. I'm just kidding. kidding. No, you're you're good. (laughs) That's all I can say is I have obligations to the finale of the show. Well, I wish I had obligations to the finale of the show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have this theory. It's called the country curse. And it's that if there is a country person in the top five, the the past few years, they're probably going to win, which makes me sad and scared. I don't want to speak on that because I feel like that is, first of all, I love all the contestants. Like all these people are my family. Like we become a family. Everybody in the top 26 is family. There's people that were in the top 50 in Hollywood week that are family to me. I don't want to speak negative on anyone, especially considering Megan and Colin are both of that genre. Um, What I will say is my support for EM doesn't have anything to do with a dislike of country music my support for em is based on the fact that he has become so close to me and done so much for me and my dad that i feel an obligation to support my brother i love everyone i think everyone has an equal chance to get through and win i mean the truth of the matter is is we don't know how this is going to go it's anyone's game at this point um you know because if you remember like alejandro was a clear front runner his season i mean everybody loved him and then out of nowhere lane hardy won yeah, that's you know, prop, props to Lane, but it was a shock. A lot of yeah. people were shocked. Um, you know, and it it could go the same way for Ian. I don't know what's going to happen. I love Ian, and he has my full support. I love all the contestants that are left in the game. Um, I support them. You know, me supporting Ian doesn't mean I don't love them. Um, I won't speak on the whole country curse thing because the truth of the matter is, is first of all, everybody has an equal shot, and second of all, um. I've seen like some negative comments about Colin, but here's the thing. Like I've watched Colin grow so much since I first met him and his confidence has just been getting better and better and better and better. And he's gotten so much better with each performance. Like I'll see him in rehearsal and I'm just like, Holy crap. Like I'm blown away by his growth, you know? And Megan is one of the most consistent vocalists I have ever met in my entire life. So it's anybody's game at this point. Yeah. We only have one minute left. So we might need to restart this. Um, but I will sure. just quickly say I am a fan of all of the top five now. I really do. I'm not traditional like a country fan, but also an EM fan. But it's like the whole Lane Hardy Alejandro situation, which like left a bad taste in my mouth and why I came up with like the country curse. So just throwing it out there, America, I do love Megan and Colin. And I really like Warren. Um, so I just, well, so I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. To be honest, I was a little starstruck at the beginning. So I'm like, what am I going to say? How many am I get these questions <laughs> in? But I will say a few other things. I think that your rendition of Photograph is, I prefer it to Ed's. So yeah, and I wish that true. you, I wish you and Ian would somehow release that on Spotify or like release a few duets because the way that you guys like harmonize together, it's just like touches the soul. I, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in the future. I, I don't have any plans right now with Ian while the show is still running, but I think that to say that he and I aren't going to work together again would be a completely incorrect statement. I've, I know in my heart that Ian and I are going to do something together. So, so this might be kind of a lie, but what do you think, um, what's the best thing that you gained from this experience? relationships connections um 
you know, the bond that I have with Ian and the bond that I have with my fellow contestants, like we're a family. Like that's the best part of it. It's the experience and the family is really yeah. what it's like. Exposure is cool, but like, you know, how many people are going to say that they have these experiences and meet people like this and form these bonds? It's an incredible opportunity. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the reasons I love the show so much because it's like, you can see the bonds forming and you can see how close you're all getting. And I'm imagining y'all at each other's weddings and just like having lifelong connections. And it's so wholesome and sweet. And I feel like this is like what America needs right now. Absolutely. I mean, I've thought about that. I'm like, if I ever get married, like I want Ian to sing at my wedding and like be my best man. That'd be so cool. Oh my gosh. Um, that would be very sweet. Yeah. When Ian was talking to Adam Lambert, like the one piece of advice he asked was like, how do I, like, how did you deal with saying goodbye to your friends? And Adam's like, oh, uh, I wasn't really trying to make friends, but you yeah. can just tell that like this class of idols is obsessed with each other and it makes us more obsessed with y'all. <laughs> They so they they actually said to us once on a Zoom call when we were still the top twenty six. They said, um, they said in all the history of the show, they don't think that they have ever seen a group of contestants that loved each other so much. Oh my like God. we we genuinely all love each other and just care about each other. Like I don't know if you've seen, but like a bunch of the top twenty six are doing a, a show together in Nashville called the Loser Circle. I saw at, that. Like, and PJ reached out to me and he's like, "Hey man." we didn't have enough time to put you on the lineup because when we were planning this, you were still in it. And I, we, we just didn't know what was going to happen. So we didn't want to like make any assumptions. And he was, he was like, but please, like, I would love it if you would just still just come out to the show so we could see you. And I was like, dude, if I'm home, I will be there. Oh like, my you gosh. Have I seriously love that. Like I told, I told PJ, I was like, you have my word. I will be there. And like, I was walking down the street the other day, listening to music in my headphones and be that someone which is pj's song came on in my headphones and i got so happy just to hear i was like oh my gosh like this made me so happy oh, i'm so happy for all of you i feel like yeah. and also it's kind of i was thinking it's kind of crazy because you're like one person away from the king two like you have two connections or like two one people away from the king you know just kind of crazy <laughs> I guess so yeah I guess you can think about it that way like you were on a show with the king yeah none of us knew that was gonna happen that was a bit of a shock I was like whoa <laughs> I know people like people don't watch American Idol anymore or they think that like they always say I watch he's like I watched back when Simon was on and I was like so long There's, ago. this is a this is like a very relevant show the actual king was on American Idol like it's very relevant everyone needs to I watch mean, it <laughs> I mean, Ed Sheeran, I mean, it's one thing to have Alanis Morissette, but like Ed Sheeran is arguably, debatably the biggest star on the planet. Like, need I remind everybody that he has the highest selling tour of all time? Like, he holds that record, and we just had him on the show as a judge. That's absolutely massive. It's incredible. Yeah, I think this is probably like my favorite season of American Idol ever. Like, this will, is I, so crazy. I don't know. Look, a lot of us have said this. I think this, I think PJ agrees i think ian probably agrees there's a lot of us that agree this might go down as one of the best seasons of idol ever if not the best season ever oh my gosh oh yeah how do you go up from here like they have a lot they have like some big shoes to fill i mean they say it every year they're like oh we say it's not going to be better than it gets better but like the thing is is like i don't know if there's ever been a group of contestants that has loved each other as much as we all love each other because we do like we genuinely just love each other yeah and it shows okay 
well, my mom is in town and we have to go out to eat. But is there anything that you would like to share with America and a few other countries that tune in? <laughs> Stream too soon and my cover of As It Was on Spotify. Um, vote for Ian Pongi. Support all of the idol contestants that are still in the running. Be kind to one another. Um, and give your dreams a chance. I spent many years sitting in a basement like wishing that I could be something and then I finally got up and decided to try and you never know what happens when you decide to try so well we're all very very happy that you decided to try so thanks for inspiring us thanks for teaching men like how to be vulnerable um and hopefully filling our ears with a lot more music soon absolutely be on the lookout all right sweet oh let me plug your social do you want to plug your social I'm also going to put it in the the info of this yeah. episode yeah, my social is Oliver Steele Music pretty much everywhere except for Twitter where it's Ollie Steele Music because Oliver's too long. <laughs> and there's an E at the end of Steel for those of you Yes, know. there's an E at the end of Steel, folks. Oliver Steele Music. That's E at the end of Steel. A lot of people spell my name wrong. Should we do a little photo? I'm gonna, let's do it. Do you mind if we do a little screenshot? We can do this. Yeah, one sec. Ready? I don't know if it worked. It did. Yay. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem at all, my friend. Thank you for having me on. And now, wait, who should we ask to come on next? You should talk to Warren. I bet Warren would love to talk about it. Okay. I will reach out to Warren. I'll tell uh, him. I'll tell him I told, told you to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I'll text him like Warren. Okay, thank you. I have tried to slip into his DM, so just say, respond to the Idol Nation who's been trying to reach you. I'll tell him. Okay, no pressure. I'm yeah. Lauren. I'm Oliver Steele. And this has been Idol... Idol Nation! Ooh, bye, everyone! Bye! What? <laughs> I just came with the corniest one. I'm not even going to do that. Uh... You have to. Or yeah, that sounds sweet. Like a good the neighbor, Idol Nation's there. <laughs>